definitely human. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey guys, welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 11. It's spring. I am walking the woods with my brother, Harry. Hello. Good afternoon. <laughs> my younger brother who has come down visiting from Bristol. And we're going to have a little chat about sort of the state of the farm, the state of it, <laughs> <laughs> and sustainability and stuff, aren't we? Yeah. We're just in a little clearing down in the woods that we call Harding's Mill because it used to be an old flour mill. Did it used to make bread and stuff? It had like a water wheel and there was like a river that they, didn't they like redirect water away from the stream and rivers through down here into the mill? Exactly. And there's old sort of footpaths, which used to be, I guess, where the carts would go and everything, which have long since overgrown. Grass only grows over it and, you know, don't have trees growing from it or anything because the roots can't go deep enough. So there's a bit of a passage. Oh, yeah. It must have been about 100 years ago. More, more than that. Yeah, now there's just a skeleton of a building down in the middle of one of our fields on the edge of some woods. What was it? Mum called it Elite? This, right? Is it Elite? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so we're walking along the Leet today, which is covered in primroses and is it orchids and bluebells? Yeah, the bluebells are just starting to come out. So what do you think about me coming back down onto the family farm? I think it's amazing. You've really, uh, you know, really gone for it. <laughs> <laughs> I've really gone for it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think you've got so many ideas and there's, you know, I think you've always, out of the two of us, you've always been a bit more of the uh, crazy outgoing one with new <laughs> ideas. And I think it's definitely shown in like all the ideas you've got for the farm. In my mind, it was always going to be a bit more traditional. Whilst that would be changing, it would be a bit slow, but then, you know, a lot of stuff is happening yeah. relatively quickly. So it's well, like, yeah, really interesting. I mean, that's interesting to me because, yeah, I think you, you did have some like lofty ideas about sort of doing it in a traditional way and getting animals back on the farm and things. Like a few years ago, you wanted to do kind of as dad did. Um, what do you think about that now? Yeah, I think probably not so much anymore. I think realizing the actual logistics of <laughs> being a farmer with like agriculture is you have to go to agricultural college. For exactly. A start. Yeah, you know, it'd be you know, in hindsight, probably be a bit of a nightmare, especially since you know I work in an office and don't do any manual labor whatsoever. You know, it'd be a bit of a shock <laughs> to the system to suddenly start it. So other ideas are more sensible, especially since there's also like you know, it's not that financially viable to have animals or anything either. Yeah, so it'd be a lot of work for not much gain. And you work for a energy company that is is it fully green? Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent renewables. Hundred percent um, renewable yeah. energy. So I feel like you've learned a lot over the last few years about planting trees, creating renewable energy 
energy, wind energy, all kinds of things. Would you want to bring that back to the farm, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think we're in a pretty unique situation here that we're obviously very fortunate to be where we have space and capacity to sort of plan for this sort of thing. Because you know, obviously you want to try and do your part for uh, stopping climate change yeah. and uh, you know making the area as beautiful as possible. So anything you can do to achieve that, really. We're kind of a bit disappointed at the moment because there's some woods that we rent that are on the borders of our farm. They're pretty old woods. And at the moment, the landlords have sort of sent in the tree fellers to come and take. I mean, most of the, is it like, I think ash dieback, a lot of them suffer from. And so they have permission to come and cut them down. But they're also just completely decimating everything and driving across with their huge diggers there's nothing we can do because we only rent the land but it just feels very backwards for the kind of time that we're living in yeah it feels very short-sighted if you know it's 2021 and by 2050 there's sort of like a hard deadline to get some stuff sorted out and some of these trees are obviously going to take way longer to grow back you know whilst they will grow back eventually it's crazy to think you're you know kicking the can down the road a bit it does seem a bit short-sighted just for you know there's some environmental aspect of it, you know, preventing the ash die back and other things, but it's also for financial gain, yeah. which, you know, is I mean, the only part of the course these <laughs> days. <laughs> the only good thing I can see from it is that I think many years ago, a lot of uh, fir trees were planted for coal mining and things, which isn't yeah natural to the area. So yeah, it's bad for biodiversity. So actually, I wouldn't mind, you know, having more natural plants that um, are used to being in the area come back. But yeah, I mean, how long oaks take so long to grow, you know, all these trees, it just takes so long. Yeah, it's just a bit disappointing yeah, it's really. sad when you like go through the woods and you can sort of see big patches of blue sky and everything you know you'd think you'd you know maybe want to you know cut every like third tree or something you know so there'd be you know small patches but it's just like big open areas Decimated, where yeah. it just seems very sad yeah really it's really windy today and we can hear the crashing of the waves on Saunton Beach from where we are. Westerly wind. Westerly I wondered what that was. I thought it was like the woods behind us crashing, but you're right, it's the it's the waves. When we were driving here, we saw a crow flying backwards and we thought the <laughs> matrix was broken. It was so <laughs> weird, wasn't it? Because the wind was carrying it. It was trying to fly away. It was just being carried. It was going backwards. It looked like it was, it was so going the other bizarre. way. Yeah, really weird. <laughs> Hilarious. When we were kids, mum was never too worried about us, was she? We'd take the quad bike. We'd come down here in the summer. We'd play in the rivers. Um, building dams and finding insects and stuff yeah yeah mum used to say no news was good news which (laughs) i'm not sure if that applies but we definitely had freedom yeah very lucky do you miss devon how do you feel about living in the city especially in this pandemic it's difficult you know i've always like you i think getting out of devon was pretty important as a young adult so more options career-wise and everything has been very useful definitely don't regret growing up here at all you know i think it was amazing childhood and everything but i think there are certain things that are in the city that aren't in devon such as stable internet and everything (laughs) you know internet that stays up when it's not windy would be nice but um (laughs) mum's house has the worst internet of all time (laughs) exactly yeah it's an absolute nightmare you don't get um fiber optic laid in the ground here it's still in the telephone wires (laughs) and whenever there's a slight breeze and the wire swings mum's wi-fi goes it's ludicrous i'm very often asked to do tech support for our relatives it's always going and finding a dusty computer that probably should have been decommissioned about 15 years ago (laughs) But it's you know nice to come down and disconnect every now and then. What you're doing at the moment is definitely something that I would like to do at some point in the future. You know, I don't know if I would, you know, I don't have like a set deadline. I think, you know, whenever it feels right, you know, whether there's a natural point in career or, you know, relationships or anything that might bring it down here, it'd be definitely something I want to consider. He's single ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't have my um, snips to take down these brambles. Just stomp on them. <laughs> Watch your ankles. Oh, yeah, deer prints. 
So we're just walking up a single track in a kind of thick forest of spindly trees above us and they're swaying in the wind. Primrose between our feet. Yeah. It's all a bit overgrown, but there's this track which seems to stay pretty open. Occasional patch of feathers from where nature's taken its course. <laughs> I mean, we definitely grew up with Dad saying, we are in a prime location for tourism. You know, you could do anything with it if you wanted to, turn it into a theme park, whatever you want. But I think really what Mum and Dad passed on to us was the feeling that we are custodians of the land and just to keep it in as natural a state as possible. Exactly, yeah, you know, we're very lucky to grab such a beautiful part of the country, I guess of the world, really, and... You know, it's almost our duty in a way to sort of try and keep it that way as much as possible. You know, to sell it all for housing or something would be a, a crying shame, mm. really. Instead, you know, trying to make sure that we do right by our parents and by their parents and, you know, by future generations as well, sort of keep it going. It seems like the right thing to do, really. And we're lucky in a position where we actually could do quite a lot because we've got this land. Exactly. Yeah, we can do our part at the very least, you know, with the land we have available. And, you know, if we have made a net positive, then I think that's a good thing to do. You know, there's lots of options, you know, whether it's wind turbines and you know there are solar panels and biofuel which you know all might be a bit epic but then you could also just you know even leaving a field to wild meadows to encourage nature just to you know reclaim a bit of it mm. or something are all options that are available to us mm. and don't have to be financially impossible to do you know i guess it's a case of you know putting your morals above your pocket yeah you know it's not gonna be possible in every single field maybe you focus on you know with the vineyard or something you know maybe that is commercially focused whereas another part of the farm you let to be more of nature and you know encourage biodiversity and everything i mean i think it's actually great with the vineyard that it's a tiny field in comparison to some of the other ones and yet it's actually gonna put out a lot more you know rather than having like fields of wheat or fields of barley. i don't know i feel like there's an opportunity to do a lot more with a small space and then with bigger spaces we could do more environmentally such as like wildflower meadows i mean i know insect numbers are in huge decline so like anything we can do to encourage that i mean there's just there's so many issues in the world to pick one <laughs> exactly <sighs> that's the challenge is you know there's so many different things you need to consider it's not just biodiversity and carbon footprint and everything you know they all sort of feed into each other which is very difficult but at the end of the day you know you can only do what you can do and you'd hope that everyone else you know does their part as well So Nigel has just started ploughing the vineyard field and he's invited me along to actually do some ploughing myself. So I'm just walking up to the site to meet him. There he is, expert plower. Hiya! <laughs> oh my God. Uh. Oh my God. I think I've ever sat in a tractor before. Thank you. you. No, I don't think so. Well, I know, maybe many years ago. <laughs> God, you're up so high, aren't you? You are, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to like stop you mid-job for a chat. No problem. Um, but the field was quite windy, so I'm I thought not, maybe. Not phone, Thank you for inviting me in the plough today. That's all right, no problem. You'd have a go in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit scared because you're so precise and I feel no, like... It's not that difficult, honestly. It's not really? that Really? Yeah, no, it's not. Once you set the plough up, it's just steering the tractor. That's all it is. Well, obviously, we've got that story of mum and dad spending a lot of money on this um, GPS equipment that you decided was rubbish and you could do better. <laughs> it, it, well, it, it wasn't very good. It was supposed to be better than me and, and it was worse. 
worse than me. <laughs> I could do better on a Friday night after I've had 10 pints of beer sort of thing. It was like, honestly, it tried my patience. It was terrible. Um, how did you actually get into ploughing? Because when you sort of first started... Yeah, I mean, remember I came here in 81, mm-hmm. but it was about 82 when I started to plough. And the first time I started was down in Stranfield for your father, and we had two tractors and ploughs then. Mm-hmm. Alan was driving the 590 with a four-furrow plough and I had the John Deere with a three-furrow plough. So we were playing one behind the other. Yeah, it was my first experience of ploughing. <laughs> Mum said that um, the guy that, I don't know if it was Alan or somebody else, but the guy that you usually had to plough sort of um, retired and the, the one that they got was so expensive, he said, right, Nigel, you're going to learn how to plough. <laughs> that was about the, the size of it. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's once you get taught how to set a plough up, it, that's the hardest part, just setting the plough up. Once mm. you've set the plough up, it's not too bad. But every field we plough different. The soil structure of fields are different. Oh, really? Yeah, they are, yeah. So there's adjustment to every field you go to, you know, most times. I was going to say, so you'll be teaching me how to do it today, but it's yeah, yeah, well, not Yeah, that I can easy. show you the basics of it. Yeah, no problem at all. <laughs> all right, well, let's go then. Right, okay then. Let's find out. It just needs to all warm up. You can't push it. Yeah. It has got a brain, apparently. It's how they tell you. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazingly modern, I think, compared to probably the ones I remember driving as a kid. Oh, Um, crikey, yeah, the 165 or whatever. You you had a cab and that was about it, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. These two buttons here for your gears. Uh Uh-huh. Rabbit is up. You see it going up on the... You won't go any higher than 12. So what are the, the pictures on the gears? A turtle, a rabbit and... A tortoise, that is. A tortoise. Tortoise to slow down. <laughs> yeah. You see the, the gears going down there? Yeah. And then you've got the rabbit then to go up through the gears. Oh, wow. All right, I, I usually start at about ninth gear. And what's the one on the far right? What's uh, that symbol? That there is for headland management, which ah, we, we don't okay. do anything for that. That there is for your hydraulics up, to lift the plow up and down. Uh-huh or whatever. I'll show you that, okay? That's so funny, a tortoise and a rabbit. <laughs> oh, so Nigel and I are swapping places. I'm not wearing, I haven't learned to wear the right footwear. Okay. Swapple there, that. That's your clutch. That one, yeah. Yeah, are you okay there? I yeah. mean, I can put the seat forward if you want me to. No, right? no, it's fine, don't worry about it, yeah. Okay, right, let me just get the steering wheel, put the steering wheel where you want it, where it's a nice position for you. Yeah. There. Is that okay? Yeah. Right, we're so, basically all ready to go. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> you're all right, don't worry. Okay. You're, okay, you're I'm driving fine. the tractor. How fast does this thing go? You keep going, you're okay, don't worry. You're doing fine. Don't mess my lineup. <laughs> See, I can't stop looking at the tyre, but you're always looking behind you when you're yeah, climbing. I am, yeah, so... you get the feel of it. When okay. You the more you do, the more you get used to it. A little bit more, just slowly ease your foot. That's it, whoa. Whoa, okay. Get your foot on the brakes, okay? Yes. Yeah. Press that one there. This the one? top one, that's it. Oh my god, what does that do? Lift it to the the ground. Okay. Now, you're going to go in there. Now am I reversing? Yeah, now you'll go backwards that way. That's it. Go back, touch it the fence, so you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right, now stop there, and they pull that blue lever with that, that pull it towards you. The one with the note, the other one. What does that do? Just turning the power over, keep going. Oh wow, look at that! Just let me push that, push that blue one forward now, because that's for the weight block. And again. And now I twist that's it, yeah. steering right wheel the other down, way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Then go forwards. Oh my god, I'm going backwards, wait. That's it, you got it? <laughs> 
Okay. You're doing fine. Select the brush. Wait, so like that? That's it, yeah. Okay. Oh my god, I just don't like going downhill. You're okay, you're okay, no problem. You can go back. Now you need to ready to go forwards. Forwards. And that one down. Plow down. Oh my goodness. Yes, look at that. Now rev it up a little bit. No. Oh. That one there. That's, that's right, the that's reps. about the right revs. I'm in 10 now, but is that's that right? That's all right, that's fine, yeah. Okay. Once you've get, got going, you can go up to 11. That's it, take your foot off the clutch and the okay. brakes. <laughs> now go up another gear, press the rabbit. Okay, feeling more confident. Are you getting better? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I can, I have the confidence to look behind me at the same time. Yeah, it's easy. That's amazing. That's it. Like that. Oh well thank you so much for teaching me That's right, no problem at how to plow. I'll be taking your job soon. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> that was so great. I did quite a few rows actually and I really got into it. Um, you can hear the seagulls watching, waiting. Yeah, I really got the hang of it. You've, you've sort of got to do so many different things at once. And it's so bizarre that rather than having gears, you have a tortoise and a rabbit, depending if you want to go slower or faster. And you've got a rev button. You've got to focus on if you're twisting the plow, sort of as you're turning, doing your three-point turn at the end, lifting it out the ground, going backwards, twisting it the other way around. So exciting. Loved it. So now after all that excitement, I'm going to go on a nice countryside walk, check out the view of the rolling hills and the wind turbines beyond, see the little lambs that have just been born in the field. Hey lambs! And they're so cute. Two of them are feeding at the moment on the ewe, she looks. She looks exhausted. Oh, but they're so sweet. They really go for it and like smack the udder and like chow down and there's like two either side and the mum's just sort of standing there taking it and then she walks off for a bit and the lambs sort of chase after her and do it again. I just love lambing time so much. It reminds me of being a kid on the farm and when the farm would just come alive, you know, after like a quiet winter where all the animals are sort of tucked away. All of a sudden, the lambs are in the field bleating and making the most beautiful sounds and dancing and singing and the farm just feels like it's alive again and spring is officially here and things are sort of coming alive and happening. It would be the busiest time in the uh, sheep shed for my dad. He would, I mean, sometimes mum said she'd find him in the kitchen sort of sleeping, standing up because he would need to be in the lambing shed all hours of the night. There was an issue with a ewe that wasn't birthing very well or, or just to be there and make sure that, you know, they were all okay. He was really working every hour possible up there in the shed. And then once they were born, it was making sure that they were sort of like fed well. And, you know, if the mother sadly died during birth, they had to find a, another mum for one of the lambs to go to. So it's been 20 years this year since foot and mouth happened. So there's been a lot of sort of reminiscing and I'm glad that we managed to touch on that. 
but it just brings me so much joy to sort of come into the field and I'm just looking at these rolling hills and I can see the sheep on the far left all dotted over the hills under the turbines. To the right, there's a herd of cows that are right by the uh, farm over there that have come out enjoying the sunshine. There's three horses I can see loose galloping on along one of the fields right in front of me. And then to the right, there's a couple of fields that have been separated out into paddocks. So I guess each horse has their own paddock and they're all chilling there. They've still got their coats on because it's a bit chilly. You can hear the peacocks across the way. I hope you can pick that up. God, they're so loud and noisy. See, even the peacocks are out enjoying the sunshine. Oh, yeah, it's just glorious. Everything looks so green and lush from the rain that we've had. We've still had a few frosty mornings, but I think all the new shoots are coming up despite all that and regrowth is happening and we love to see it. We love to see it. And so we leave a heroic farmer standing impressively on top of a green hill, gazing handsomely at her farmy domain. What new and exciting adventures await her? Tune in to next week's episode to find out. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast and on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you guys for being awesome, and thank you for listening and being awesome. And if you're supporting us on Patreon, stay tuned for our after show series, Hashtag Farm Life. This week, I'll be talking to my baby bro about the zany business ideas we had for the farm as kids find out more at patreon.com forward slash definitely human back to earth is a definitely human production okay bye hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.